Thanks, Pastor Dustin. Hey, how many have been really busy this week? Raise your hand. <laughs> My wife, she's been working in the nursery the last couple of weeks or the, the preschool area and has been in service. She goes, Sheldon, I, I'm just convicted by the title. I haven't even heard any of the messages. She says, uh, every time someone says, oh, how are you doing? She goes, oh, I can't say busy or they're going to point their finger at me type thing. Hey, you know what? It's amazing because even in prep. Even in preparation for this series um, that we've been doing here at the church, I have found myself, and I'll just say it, I've found myself probably busier than ever. And it just feels like this year is extra busy. Why is it that when you're speaking on busyness that it just seems like there is, uh, there's just a lot more things to do and a lot more things to accomplish? And, you know, the, it really just speaks to me that we're really on target with what we're talking about here at, at church. And uh, God really does want to speak to our heart in the area of busyness. Because our society, not only is our society becoming more and more... Um, uh, pagan, more and more against God. But really, there are, there are people in society that rather than them being anti-God or anti-Christian, they have just become so busy that those things really don't matter in their life. Areas of religion and those kind of things, they just say, you know what, they get pushed to the, to the back burner or pushed out of their lives. So really our society is becoming more and more busy and they, they've just become too busy for Jesus. But you know what? It's interesting that even within the church, uh, there are many Christians in today's society as well uh, that are becoming too busy for Jesus as well. We might go through the motions of, of going to church and different things like that. Um, but when, when it comes to really understanding what it is to serve the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to really surrender our lives, it seems as though there are many other things that encroach in on our full surrender for Jesus. Why is it that Christians can get to a place of being too busy for Jesus? The last couple of weeks we talked about priorities. Uh, we talked about some good examples and bad examples from the Christmas story. But this morning, I want us to look at some of the consequences of being too busy for Jesus. Actually, more than consequences, I want us to look at the benefits that you may be missing in your life if you become too busy for Jesus. That's what we want to look at this morning. It's found in actually a prophecy in the Old Testament about the Messiah, Jesus Christ. If you want to take your Bibles this morning and turn with me to Isaiah chapter 9, uh, verse 6. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. It is on the screen this morning as well as on our Christmas trees on either side of the stage. This is our passage today. It reads this way, Isaiah 6, 9. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. If we're too busy for Jesus and too busy to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, there are certain attributes that you are going to be missing within your life. 
Things that Jesus can add to your life and can build uh, in your own heart and in your own life. And, and the fact is that many times we can get so caught up in uh, the Christmas season and all of the things that are going on around us that we can lose sight of the purpose of why Jesus came, which number one was to die on the cross, but there are other attributes that we can be missing. When we look at this passage in uh, Isaiah, we see that the passage starts by speaking For unto us a child is born. Talks about Jesus' humanity. He was physically born. He was 100% man. He was 100% human being. But he was also given by God. The son is given. This speaks of his humanity. This speaks of his deity. Unto us a son is given. It speaks about the love that God has for the world. Like in John 3.16 that says that God loved the world so much that he gave. Christmas is a great time to give. We all give each other gifts and everything like that. But the ultimate thing is that God gave the most important gift on the first Christmas. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. Powerful word that Jesus has given. It says, goes on to speak about Jesus's authority and, and the government resting upon his shoulders. In Isaiah 9, 7, it says that his rule will never end, an eternal rule that is just and fair. The highest kings of the land, the lords that rule over people, would be under this king, the king of kings and lord of lords. And he will be called. These will be his names. These will be the attributes that are found in the Messiah. His name will be called Wonderful and Counselor and Mighty God and Everlasting Father and the Prince of Peace. Could it be that we get so busy in our lives that we would miss out on all of these attributes in our lives? So this morning I want us to pay attention and and let's look at some of the amazing attributes, thanks Mike, that we don't wanna miss. You don't want to be too busy for Jesus that you end up missing some of these things. The first one is you don't want to miss the wonder. Isn't Christmas a great time of wonder? It's a time where, where we think about how, how beautiful everything is. We've got songs about it. Walking in a winter wonderland is one of the Christmas songs. There's a feeling of awe and wonder in our hearts and in our lives. There's something about Christmas that... that warms us on the inside. How many get that kind of feeling sometimes around Christmas? You sense that there's something special as we're singing together Silent Night a cappella. There's just something special about that as we are passing the candlelight from person to person on Christmas Eve and as we begin to sing together you sense something special. It's more than just a normal moment in life. There's something supernatural about this season. It's wonderful. The moments that you can sense that the word or the name that was given to Jesus, Emmanuel, is real. Emmanuel, God with us. See, if we can get so caught up in all the commercialization and all of the other things, we miss the central focal point of Christmas, and that, that is that Jesus came to be God with us, that we, he could be close to us, that we could experience him in a real and true way. It's pretty easy to see why Jesus was called wonderful. 
I mean, this was a a scripture that was written thousands of years before Jesus ever walked the face of the earth. But when Jesus did walk the earth, we can see that he was wonderful. Everything from the moment that he was born, that he was born of a virgin, the miraculous birth, that his teachings that caused people to marvel in in amazing ways, his miracles that were magnificent, uh, though his death was gruesome, at the same time it was wonderful for us. His resurrection was absolutely indescribable. His ascension was full of wonder and awe-inspiring. There is no doubt that Jesus is wonderful. The word wonderful means full of wonder. Absolutely full of wonder. Jesus was given the name wonderful. We want to make sure that we don't get so busy that we miss the wonder of this beautiful season. And the wonder of Jesus Christ. The second thing that you don't want to miss is we don't want to miss the wisdom of the counselor. The next section. If you're too busy for Jesus, you're going to miss that still small voice that he wants to speak to your heart at this special time of year. The most amazing part about Jesus is that he is an amazing counselor. Because counselors are really hard to get into. Okay? You got a book sometimes months in advance for a good counselor. I want you to understand that Jesus is the most available counselor you could ever get. He is always waiting. He's waiting for your, your prayer. He's waiting for your call, however you want to put that. But he is a wonderful counselor that he wants to uh, be available to you. You don't have to fight for his attention. He is continually listening. And the Bible says that Jesus counsels us. He comforts us. If we're going through something difficult in in this Christmas season, as as many people probably in this room are, that God can be that counselor where you can sit down and you can talk to him and you can be close to him and you can sense that Emmanuel presence, God with us. He also guides and directs as a counselor. If we're willing to sit and listen and allow him to guide us, You know, it's interesting. I was on a plane flight not too long ago to Atlanta and, um, and as I was sitting in the, in my seat, I was thinking about this after that I never see the pilot. Isn't that a little unnerving? I mean, most of us, we, we get on a plane and we're just like, well, there's probably somebody there. I mean, I never saw the pilot. I mean, what if he looks like a bad pilot? Right? I mean, you just go in there and you go, oh man, that guy does not look like he could, you know, think his way out of a brown paper bag. I mean, that is a bad situation. But it's interesting that I have absolute faith in a pilot that I don't even see. You know what's even more amazing? Is that I have full confidence that he's going to take me where I want to go. Isn't that even more amazing? I mean, I could jump on the plane in Minneapolis and end up in Timbuk, Egypt. I mean, who knows? Right? We have no idea, but it's so amazing that in our American culture, we'll trust a pilot that we don't see, and we'll trust somebody that they're going to take us where we want to go, but we won't trust God to do the exact same thing. Man, that just blows my mind. 
We have an incredible counselor. He's a way better pilot than anyone that could pass their pilot's exam. He has a plan and a purpose for your life. He's going to walk with you the full destination. He's not going to come up short. And yet, at the same time, we don't take time to go, God, what is your plan for my life? What would you like me to do today? Would you speak to my heart this morning? And we don't take the time to do that. We have a wonderful counselor. Are we willing to listen as he guides and directs us? Don't be so busy that you miss the wonderful counselor and his wisdom. You don't want to miss the power. The Bible says that he will be called mighty God. Mighty God, that this wasn't just going to be an average person that was going to come down to earth. This was, this was someone that was going to be supernatural. Jesus was not just a wonderful man or an incredible counselor or a great teacher. The Bible says he was and is God. And I'm not talking about God with a small g. I'm not talking about a God that you can carve in a piece of wood or chip into a piece of stone. I'm talking about the King of kings and Lord of lords, God Almighty, the creator of the universe. He is mighty God. You know, when we, when we think about this, what can we be missing? The Bible says in, in Matthew chapter 28 that all power and all authority is given to Jesus Christ. In first uh, excuse me, in Colossians uh, 1, 16 and 17, it says, for by him all things were created, speaking of Jesus, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things and in him all things hold together. Jesus came the first time on a silent night But there's coming a day, the Bible says, when the clouds will tear back and a great trumpet will sound. And in that moment, the Bible says that every eye on the planet will see him coming in all of his glory. And he is not going to come a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and laid in a manger the second time. The Bible says he will be king of kings and lord of lords, the most powerful and awesome, mighty God. So the Bible says... In Revelation 1.8, it says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. There's one more thing about Mighty God that I don't want you to miss. You see, Mighty God, sometimes we, um, we think about the passage that there is nothing impossible with God. We like that passage. That's the kind of passage that you frame and you put it on your wall or something like that, Right? that grandma has framed on her, put on her fridge or something, that there's nothing impossible with God. That's definitely a mighty God, is it not? But I think sometimes we forget where that passage is found. Nothing is impossible with God. We think that maybe that would be a perfect thing that Jesus would say on the side of a hill after he fed the 5,000 and people were looking around wondering, man, this is absolutely amazing. This man must be a mighty God. And at that moment, he could have said, nothing is impossible with God, but he didn't. That isn't where it's found. 
You think about Paul when he was writing to churches from inside a jail cell, trying to encourage churches that were facing great persecution and and telling them and encouraging them. Maybe that would be the perfect time for Paul to write to them. Though you're facing incredible opposition, the gospel will go forward for there is nothing that is impossible with God. But he didn't write that. Maybe James, the half-brother of Jesus, who wrote the book of James, who saw the resurrection, who saw the ascension of Jesus Christ, maybe he would be the one that would write, nothing is impossible with God. But do we remember where it's found in the Bible? It's actually found in the Christmas story. In fact, it's only said to one person. As Mary stood with the angel, she said, how could it physically be possible that I could bear the Christ child, the Messiah? And the the angel goes in to bring an explanation of what was going to happen. And the last phrase before he disappears, the last phrase is he looks at Mary and he says, nothing is impossible with God. Isn't that good stuff? We think about that, the the most incredible doctrine possibly in the entire Bible is spoken by an angel to Mary in this Christmas season. The mighty God. Jesus truly is the mighty God. Don't miss the power of the mighty God. When we get so busy, we miss out on on this aspect of, of what God can really accomplish in our lives, if we're facing things that seem impossible, that there's nothing impossible with God, the mighty God. In all of the busyness, don't miss the hope. The hope of the everlasting Father. Now, the word Father in the Bible is, is an interesting word. The word Father actually means the source, the source of something. We think about, uh, I think it's in John chapter 8, Jesus was talking about Satan, who is the father of lies, the source of lies, right? The father of lies. So in this context, it's talking about, um, when Jesus is speaking of this, it's saying that that Satan is the source of lies. This word here, it's beautiful because it means Jesus is the source of everything eternal, everlasting, everything that that is is continual forever. Jesus is the everlasting father. He is the source of eternity. If you're looking for anything eternal, you need to go to the father or the source of eternity. You know, guys, I don't know where you're at today. You might be here, um, you know, unfamiliar with church. You might be new to our community or something like that, but, you know, God created mankind to live for eternity, everyone, all of us to live for eternity, but whether we accept Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior determines where we spend eternity, and I'm not trying to to scare anyone or anything like that, but I, I feel it's very important that you understand that without a relationship with Jesus Christ, you'll spend eternity in a terrible place that was never meant for any human being. God created a terrible place called hell for the devil and his angels that would, um, because they rebelled and rejected God, they would be sent to that place. But unfortunately, mankind in his own sin 
determined that with that sin that they would be sent as well to that terrible place called hell. But that's the good news of Christmas, is that Jesus Christ came to die on the cross so that we wouldn't have to spend eternity in hell. It's so that Jesus gave us the key to eternal life if we would accept him as our Lord and Savior. This is a wonderful aspect because the everlasting Father, meaning that Jesus is the source of eternity, the source that we can spend eternity with him forever. And it's interesting, I I love this quote. Billy Graham just recently said this, and Billy Graham is a famous evangelist, preacher. Many of you, I'm sure, know. If not all of you have heard of him in the room. But um, Billy Graham is getting old. And if there's a person on the planet that probably knows God, it's more than likely Billy Graham. And Billy Graham was quoted as saying this. He said, one of these days, you will hear news that Billy Graham is dead. Don't believe them. In that moment, I will be more alive than I have ever been. You see, don't miss the hope in Christmas time. Some of you in the room maybe have loved ones that have passed away and Christmas is difficult. You think about the void that is left. I want you to understand that there's a hope with Jesus Christ that we will see our loved ones again, that we can spend time with them again, that we will, uh, we will be together with them for eternity. It's a wonderful, wonderful hope that Jesus Christ brings. Don't miss the eternal hope that is found in the everlasting Father, Jesus Christ. The last thing this morning is don't miss the peace, the Prince of Peace. In Matthew chapter 11, Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Well, we have to understand many times as we look to the Prince of Peace because we have so much chaos going on in our lives that we want God to somehow fix our mess. Can I let you know something? That the peace that is spoken about here, the Prince of Peace, is not about our lives being tranquil. It's about the fact that we can have peace despite the situations and circumstances that we face on a daily basis. It's an internal peace that the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ, can can guarantee not a perfect life, but that can guarantee that he will be with you through all of the difficult situations that you will face. In fact, in Philippians 4, 7, Paul writes that we can have a peace that passes all understanding that guards our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. That when the people around us are full of fear and worry, that we can have a perfect peace that other people can look at your life and go, I just don't understand how you can walk through what you're walking through and have that kind of peace and have that kind of trust in a pilot that you don't see. The Prince of Peace. Jesus wants to be the source of peace for your life despite what you're facing. I'd like our piano people or to come up, a couple people that I've asked to join me on the stage. I want us to take a few minutes, guys, and I, I pulled up short of the runway here. Fortunately, I'm not a pilot. But uh, what we're going to do is we talk about being too busy for Jesus. 
This morning, what I wanted to do is I wanted to just really take some time to focus on these five attributes here. And I want us to just quiet our hearts before God. Can we just sit in the presence of God for a few minutes together? As a congregation, let's just be quiet before God. Let's push all of the, all of the busyness. Let's leave it out in the parking lot for later. And let's just allow God to begin to speak to our hearts. I want to take these attributes one at a time and uh, begin to ask God to um, pour into our hearts in a special way. Guys, as we were praying last night, as our prayer team came together and, and began to pray for our service today, we were asking that each person in the room today would experience God in a new and special way this morning. That whether it, you need to experience the wonder of God, whether you need to experience, maybe you're in a situation where you need counsel, maybe you're in a situation that seems impossible and you need the mighty God to step in. Maybe you're here and you need the everlasting Father. Maybe you're, you need to experience the Prince of Peace. But this morning we wanted to just take some time Just quiet our hearts before God. Allow just our hearts to be just quiet and and focus our attention on Jesus. You see, guys, many of the attributes that God has here that's spoken of the Messiah, Jesus Christ, is that Jesus is all of these things, but he's not all of these things to us because we don't allow him to be those things. Would you allow Jesus to be these things? Would you allow your heart this morning to experience how wonderful Jesus is? Can we just take a minute and maybe just close your eyes and try and focus in on, on Jesus at this moment? Just say, Jesus, let's just begin to pray to him. Say, Jesus, would you show yourself wonderful to me? Would you allow me to experience your wonder and your greatness and your majesty this time of year? Would you awe me again would you captivate my heart again today we're just going to take time this morning. So I don't want you to feel rushed or anxious or anything like that. We're, it's just going to be, it's going to be slow from here till we, till we tie up. We're just going to allow God to, to pour into our lives.
God, that would captivate us once again, Lord Jesus. That you would fill us with your love. Fill us with an overwhelming sense of who you are. That you would become Emmanuel, God with us. That we would sense your closeness at every moment of every day. That we would be inspired by your awe and your wonder. God, that we would experience your wonder. God, that we would experience you as the great counselor. Maybe you're here this morning and you, you're in a situation where you need God's guidance. You need his supernatural counsel as to what you are to do. Maybe you've never experienced the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking clearly to your heart before. Now would be a wonderful time to just open yourself up to God and say, God, I want you to speak to my heart. I want you to begin to give me direction, to give me guidance, to give me understanding. The Bible says that God wants to be like a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Maybe your situation and circumstance dictates for you to know things that you're wondering about. You need guidance. You need direction. You need to know, should I be staying in Watford City? Should I be going somewhere else? God wants to give clarity. Maybe you need clarity for a job. Maybe you need clarity uh, on how to deal with a certain situation in your family. Uh, maybe you need clarity as to what, um, uh, what you're supposed to do in, in, in anything in your life that, that right now God would open your heart and you would experience the wonderful counselor that God is. Can we just quiet our hearts right now? We'll just allow God to begin to speak to our hearts. I believe that God wants to begin to use uh, our people here at Wofford City Assembly of God in a supernatural way that God would be such a close counselor to you that you would have information that other people wouldn't have 
that you would have favor because you have a direct line of communication with God. And I don't want to get get real crazy or weird here, but I believe that God can speak to us in practical ways as well. I knew a gentleman from Bowman that was in a, he was in a construction business and uh, they had finished a huge room. They had sheetrocked the whole ceiling and they turned on the electrical and certain lights wouldn't work. And they realized that they had run screws up into the electrical wires and they, they had no access to the ceiling, so that meant that they would have to take down all of the sheets of sheetrock. And so they were all frustrated at the end of the day, and the man said, don't pull down one sheet of sheetrock until the morning. He says, I'm going to pray, and I believe God's going to show me where we're supposed to take the sheets down. The man prayed before he went to bed, and God gave him a dream of the sheetrock sheets that needed to be taken. There were, there were hundreds of sheetrock sheets in, in the ceiling, He walked into the room the next morning. All of the men gathered together. He said, take that sheet down, that sheet down, and that sheet down. They unscrewed the sheets, and they found that in each one of those, there were wires that were damaged in all three sheets. They fixed the wires, and all of the lights worked. That's a counselor for you. See, guys, listen, I'm not trying to be crazy or anything like that, but I do believe that God speaks in powerful ways if we would just be willing to listen. Maybe you are in a situation where you need counsel and guidance and understanding for a certain situation. Why not go to the counselor? Why not say when when you have a friend that doesn't know what to do, could you say, you know what, can I pray with you about that? I believe that God can reveal the answer or what you're supposed to do. Maybe you're in a job site and, and the boss is just going, I don't know what we're going to do. Things are, things are going terrible. And you say, you know what? Let's ask God. Let's begin to pray or, 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 or ask for, for divine understanding and clarity and revelation. Why not allow the counselor to be active in our everyday life? Father, we want you to counsel us, Lord. God, direction and understanding, clarity to come to our lives. God, that we would sense and know that you're near to us, that you, you want to be involved in even the most simple tasks, even the things at our job site that we need help with. God, that you would be willing to step in as the wonderful counselor. Guys, I want us to take time to experience how mighty God is. Maybe you're here this morning that you're in a situation where you need a miracle. You need God to come through in a big way. Whether it's financial, maybe it's physical, maybe it's emotional. Jesus wants you to experience the mightiness of who he is. Guys, I just feel like some of us, sometimes we experience really troubling and and tragic and difficult times, and we hold on to those things. We trap them, and we grab onto them, and we won't let go of them, and we keep mulling them over and over and over and over in our lives. And God is saying, listen, let me be the mighty God. Would you just hand these things over to me? Would you just give them over to me and allow me to be God in that situation that we would experience God in all of his might, in all of his power, in all of his wonder? 
God, that you would show yourself mighty. God, in this room, that you would show yourself mighty over cancer, oh God. That you would show yourself mighty over um, infertility. God, that you would show yourself mighty over uh, schizophrenia and um, emotional, uh, mental um, brokenness, Lord Jesus. God, you would show yourself mighty over the situations that many times we deem impossible because, God, your word says that nothing is impossible with God. Maybe you're here this morning right now and you would say, you know what, Pastor Sheldon, I have a need in my life that is, that is bordering on impossible. I'm just not sure if, if uh, I just know that I can't do anything with this. Would you be so bold is to right now fully and wholly turn it over to Jesus Christ. Lay it at his feet. Allow him to take and carry the weight of that burden, the weight of the difficulty. God, we just want to declare our trust to your mightiness and your greatness of God. Jesus. God, we want to experience you as our everlasting Father. Christmas is a beautiful time to think about eternal things, to evaluate your life in the light of eternity. Do you know the source, the Father of eternity? Jesus Christ. Guys, in comparison to eternity, our life is just a blink. It's just a vapor. It's just a moment. Maybe you're here this morning and you've never experienced Jesus Christ as your everlasting Father. You've never experienced Him as your Savior this morning. Could I invite you and encourage you at this moment right now? It's about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. It's not something that I can do as a pastor or anything like that, but it would be the fact that you would simply surrender your life to Jesus Christ right now. You would say, Jesus, would you come into my life and be my Lord and Savior? Would you forgive me of my sin? Am I wrong? You cleanse my life. Fill me to overflowing. The last thing this morning as we want to experience God in a special way, we say, God, we want to experience you as the Prince of Peace. I don't want to be a kind of a downer, but there are many people in this room today that um, Christmas isn't the most wonderful time of the year for you. Some of you deal with loss or a, a family that's been torn apart by divorce. Maybe your heart is overrun by absolute chaos. You are missing a deep and solid that anchors your life, that anchors your emotions. 
Jesus wants to be your peace today. God, would you show yourself as our peace? Guys, I believe that there are people in this room that you're suffering from anxiety, you're suffering from worry and uh, things that are overriding you. You're not able to even sleep very well. I just believe that the Prince of Peace wants to come in and change that today, right now. Pastor Bill Bush, uh, a few weeks ago, passed away. He was the founding pastor here at Wofford City Assembly of God. Went to his funeral. And um, on the bulletin, it said that Pastor Bill's favorite verse was Isaiah 26.3. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts you. trust God enough this morning to allow him to take those areas that are of chaos in your life, worry, fear, trepidation, all of the things that the enemy would try and use to create um, worry in your life, create like a storm. I believe that God wants to to completely um, just bring peace into your life. Last night as we prayed, I got the picture of Jesus as he got into the boat when the, when the disciples were struggling against the storm, rowing at their hearts out, and the wind and the waves, they were fearing that their lives would be destroyed, that they would drown in the water. And some people in this room, you're feeling the same feelings that were going through them. You're wondering, am I going to drown in all of this worry and all of this anxiety and all of the things that are going on? And, and you, you, you cry out, you're, you're, you're so scared. And, and there's so many things that are happening and you don't know if you're going to be able to make it through. And Jesus, the Bible said, stepped into the boat in that situation with the disciples and he spoke to the wind and the waves. He said, peace, be still. And the lake became glass. Whatever wind and waves that you're up against this morning, I believe that the Prince of Peace can step into that situation, can say, peace, be still. And though there are a lot of other things that are still happening, we go back to our same jobs, we go back to our same families, we go back to our same situations, but there can be, our heart can be like glass. God, that you could step in in that situation, Lord, Be the Prince of Peace in our lives this morning, Lord Jesus. You see, guys, what you have to understand about experiencing God in all of these attributes is that no one can do it for you. In order to experience God, you have to do it for yourself. You have to be willing to invite him in. You have to be willing to open yourself up. 
and say, God, I, I invite you into these situations. I invite you to be this kind of God in my life. I invite you to be wonderful. I invite you to be the counselor and speak to me. I invite you to be the mighty God in my impossible situation. I invite you to be the everlasting father. I invite you to be the prince of peace. God, we don't want to be too busy for you. God, we don't want to get to the place, Lord Jesus, that our lives are full of breakneck speed. We're really busy, but we're really not accomplishing anything of eternal value. That God, I pray, Lord Jesus, for our congregation this morning, that God, you would prove yourself faithful, that you would prove yourself real, that you would uh, allow people to experience you in all of these aspects, in all of these attributes, that God, we would know that you are Emmanuel, God with us, that we would sense your presence close to our hearts, close to our lives, that we would experience you in new and fresh ways on a daily basis. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you guys in this Christmas season. It's great to know that God truly is Emmanuel, God with us. Let's not just leave this experience time here, but as you head home today, take time to really continue to experience God through the Christmas season. Lord bless you guys.